Bouncing ball fielded at the 25. Oh, you got to be kidding. Oh, look at this. This is Dan Connolly, the right guard. The right guard. Still going to the four yard line. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Front 5 Football Podcast with your hosts, Adri Mallows and Colton Cole. How are you doing, Colton? I'm doing well, Audrey. Looking forward to uh, talking about Week 9 here in the NFL and and then obviously uh, looking on to Week 10. How are you doing, buddy? How are things across the pond over there in uh, in England? Yeah, good, buddy. A little bit wet at the moment. We're getting some stormy weather. It's kind of autumn, so we're getting a lot of rain, a lot of wind. But uh, yeah, we just have to live with it this time of year, don't we? But uh, I'm excited about week nine we've just had and week 10 coming up. So without further ado, we're going to move on to some injuries. Barber interception. McGarrett Blunt remains the back for Josh Freeman. Freeman works, throws. That's a touchdown. Donald Penn on a tackle-eligible play. All right, now it's time to take a look at the injuries of the O-line across the league. And this week, we're going to start with the NFC. So over to you, Colton. Yes, starting in the NFC, I've got three notables here. And going to give an update on, on Dallas Cowboys' Tyron Smith, who is, is still on the IR. A little bit of update there. His knee remains about three to four weeks away from beginning his 21-day window to practice. And that's good for Dallas. Obviously, a playoff push. Uh, and, and likely a good playoff opportunity there for the Cowboys. So that will be a one to keep an eye on to see how healthy they are as an offensive line front heading in the postseason. Uh, moving on to my second injury here in the NFC Atlanta Falcons, uh, center Matt Hennessy as of today was placed on the IR and he's got a knee injury as well. I think that was a noted last week, uh, but we didn't really have a you know, firm status, but he is on the IR listed today as of uh, Thursday's game at Carolina. They play Thursday night football there. On the last injury, New Orleans Saints center Eric McCoy listed as questionable on Monday as of yesterday. And uh, he did leave the locker room um, with a walking boot following Monday night's game and their loss to uh, the Ravens. And uh, that's according to uh, a reporter down there in New Orleans, Brooke uh, Kirchhofer. That's it for the NFC. Audrey, over to the AFC injuries. Thank you, sir. And I'm going to start with the Bills and right tackle Spencer Brown, number 79. He is still out with an ankle injury. We have Brown's uh, guard, Wyatt Teller, number 77. He is questionable for Sunday with a calf injury. That is as of the injury report yesterday. Chargers tackle Trey Pipkins, the third, number 79. He is questionable. He aggravated a, a sprained knee during the game on Sunday. And then finally, we have an update on Pat's centre, David Andrews. Uh, centre there, as mentioned, number 60. He is questionable for this coming weekend. Still in the concussion protocol and wasn't able to play at the weekend. And on further digging today, I found out that the reason he's in con- concussion protocol is because of a blindside block on him during the Bears game. So that's why blocks like that are illegal. And that rounds out the injuries for this week. We'll be back after this short break with our performances of the week. Great clock rolling again, third and goal. Play fake and then wide, wide open. Anthony 
Costanzo on a tackle eligible. <laughs> we go right out here like this. Tackle eligible. There is no eligible receiver on the line of scrimmage. And watch this dance. This may be the best one I've ever seen. It's time now to take a look back at the performances from week nine, see who we thought did well, who we thought did badly, and who gets that all-important honourable mention. So going to start with the NFC this week. Colton, it's over to you. Jumping into the NFC, and just like last week, I'm going to start with my best, then go to my worst, and then finish with the honourable mention. Best of the week is the Seattle Seahawks over the Arizona Cardinals. And I think I mentioned last week that that was one of the games I was looking forward to, and it turned out to be a a pretty nice game and a pretty surprising win for uh, Seattle as far as uh, you know their strength this year. Offensive line, just one penalty. Uh, They did have 27 first downs total. Very balanced and strong uh, rushing and passing, 158 yards rushing, 275 yards passing. They did commit two sacks. They gave up two sacks uh, for 12 yards, uh, but they just had one turnover as the team, and their third down conversion was excellent uh, with 10 of 15, and they had strong time of possession, 34 uh, minutes and 31 seconds. So honorable mention, I'm sorry, my, my best of the week goes to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, over the Arizona Cardinals. Moving on to my worst of the week is their opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, worst of the week, they get, they had five penalties as an offensive line, uh, just had 15 first downs, which is pretty, uh, pretty low. Decent rushing, 122 yards rushing, but only 175 yards passing. Uh, not just five penalties. They also committed or gave up five sacks for 35 yards. Um, did have a turnover themselves as well. Um, just six of 14 on third down, 0 for two on fourth down and in a game where they were trying to come back and, and obviously the opposite of their time of possession for their opponent, Seattle, the Arizona Cardinals just had 25 minutes and 29 seconds of possession. And then moving on to my honorable mention of the week team that I've noted a couple times for good and bad. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are my honorable mention for the week. A uh, pretty, pretty good game. They did have three penalties. However, they had uh, 68 yards rushing, 280 yards passing. They just gave up one sack and decent on third down conversions. So nine of 21 on third down conversions. And they beat a pretty strong LA team. As I mentioned, I think that was the other game that I noted last week. And you've got a lot of good action going on in the NFC West. And uh, Tampa Bay was able to, to take down the LA Rams in a pretty close, pretty tight game. And that offensive line was no doubt a big part of that, only letting their quarterback get sacked one time for eight yards. So uh, honorable mention status there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Audrey, over to the AFC. Thank you, sir. And I'm actually going to go in the order of worst, mention and best this week, just to be different and awkward. And I'm going to start with the worst of the week. And it was the Indianapolis Colts. Gave up nine sacks for 60 yards, only 181 total yards on offense. Then these next two stats, I just couldn't believe when I saw them. 0% on third down conversions. That's uh, out of 14 attempts. 0% on fourth down. Only one penalty. Um, only eight first downs in the entire game. Now, I know we've talked a lot about seeing whether those uh, stats could actually be related to the O-line or not. But watching the game film, on the big third downs, even with only a four-man pressure that New England defense was just absolutely crucifying the young quarterback that started over there in Indianapolis. So for me, 
That one is definitely on the O-line, so that's why they're the worst of the week. Then we come on to my honourable mention, and it's a team that I know I've probably slated quite a lot this season, but this week they deserve the praise, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals O-line. 241 rushing yards, 469 total yards, 60% on third down, 31st downs, a massive time of possession, 39 minutes. Um, that's their O-line of left tackle Jonah Williams, left guard Cordell Volson, centre Ted Karras, right guard Alex Kapper, right tackle Lyle Collins. Worth mentioning all of them this week and also going to give a shout out to their O-line coach, Frank Pollock. The O-line did him proud. Frank Pollock was a, a sixth round pick and played for eight years in the NFL. Finally, the best performance of the week and it's another team that I know that we've been disappointed with this year, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a great week for them this week. No sacks, only one penalty, 168 rushing yards, 403 total yards, 60% on third down, 32 minutes time of possession, and they're led by left tackle number 74, Cam Robinson, who's a second-round pick out of Alabama in 2017, and number 75, their right tackle, Jawan Taylor, who is also a second-round pick out of Florida in 2019. So great performances from them, great little roundup there, and on the other side of this break, we're going to bring you the Week 10 games that we're looking forward to. Okay, we've reached the final segment already. Dang, this is going uh, quickly this week, Colton. And we're going to move on to the week 10 games we're looking forward to. So I have to ask, which NFC West teams are you looking out for this week, buddy? Yeah, I will note that there's only one notable, uh, one team in these two games that I'm looking forward to that is in the NFC West. And that team is flying over to Europe. They're going to be playing in Munich. And that's the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, technically on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really looking forward to that matchup. 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Not sure the math on your time there, but it's a nice uh, game for you to, to, to consume there on Sunday. And the other notable game is the Dallas Cowboys heading into Green Bay to face the Packers. Uh, there's a head coach on the Cowboys who probably has got this game circled on his calendar and looking forward to getting back there and getting his team fired up and, and seeing how well that strong defensive line can take on the Green Bay Packers offensive line. So those are two notables here. I'm sure they'll be talked about both of them uh, on, on all of the major sports networks this week. But what do you have in the AFC, Audrey? So I've decided this week to steal your thunder and pick all of the cross-conference games, <laughs> except for one. So I've gone with three this week. Uh, so I have thrown in an all-AFC clash as well. So the games that I'm picked to look forward to, uh, Minnesota versus Buffalo. I think that one was a, a given as to why I'm looking forward to that one. So with my unbiased hat, I then chose two more. And you've got the LA Chargers versus the 49ers and Cleveland versus Miami. So they're my games for this week and now we're going to move on to our talking point just to round off the show this week um, and it's something that I know that we're looking to come back to at some stage in later shows or, or next season or even in the off season and that is talking about O-linemen as head coaches having a brief look obviously there's one that is by far the benchmark Hall of Famer had his own video game franchise 
John Madden has to be the benchmark for all great head coaches uh, that come out of the O-line. reason why we're talking about this this week is because Jeff Saturday has just been appointed the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And those who don't know, or if you listen to this podcast, you probably do know, he was a a former center for the Indianapolis Colts and was a big part of that Indianapolis O-line when uh, a very famous quarterback who wore number 18 used to play for them. So with that said, what do you think, Colton, about O-linemen as head coaches? Yeah, it's 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 not something that I've done a lot of research on, but I bet there's a lot of lot of neat, you know, findings that you could you could gather doing some research on that. Uh I like that the fact in thinking about offensive linemen are some of the more studious athletes on the field. You know, a lot of strong offensive linemen did very well in college, have very good on the uh, the testing uh, for intelligence in the NFL. Same with, you know, college ACT, SAT scores. They're, they're generally some of the smarter athletes on the field. So I would, I would imagine, you know, just from that aspect that they're going to have some, some really good knowledge to bring to the coaching staff, uh, as a coach. But I don't know, you know, a lot of the head coaches, they, they've got to be good with the media. They've got to be, you know, they're almost a politician at times. And I don't know enough about offensive linemen's typical personalities at the NFL level over, you know, the history of the NFL. I'm sure that would be really neat to look into. And I'm sure we could uncover some, some, some good examples and, and kind of, uh, surprise ourselves with some intrigue. Audrey, what, what do you think about, uh, about this? And do you have any notables uh, that, that you're aware of? So the main one I can think of, obviously, is John Madden himself. Um, may he rest in peace. One of the greatest coaches of all time will go down in history. Like I mentioned, is in the Hall of Fame. That's the the name that springs to mind. But in terms of making good head coaches, when you look at what we know about their personality traits, so firstly, their instinct is is protective. That's why they play O line. Probably two reasons actually. One, they play O line, and and two, they they like to push people around. So it could go either way. They could be sort of very passive protect their players and go out of their way to make sure that everything is deflected. And there's obviously coaches in the NFL at the moment that do that already. So an offensive lineman, I would expect them to protect their players. Um, But it'll also be interesting to see if you then get the other side of the O-lineman, which is that side that likes to kind of bully people and and push people around. So will you end up with the, the flip side of the coin in that you get this sort of uber aggressive head coach who just wants to let everyone, every other coach know that his team is better than theirs. So, um, yeah, I think it could go either way. Um, be very interesting to see. And we'll definitely do some more research on that moving forward. But I think that pretty much rounds us up for this week. Another quick show this week. It really seems to have flown by really quickly. Colton, it's been an absolute, absolute blast and look forward to catching up again next week. Likewise. Great conversation. Good week of football. Uh, surprising week of football for some aspects and. It is, I, I've always said that sports is the ultimate reality show. And I think Dan Patrick says something similar. And uh, the NFL is at the top of that, uh, that Mount Rushmore of sports. And I, I, I just look forward to the NFL every week and every season as we, as we move along here. And I know you're the same. 100% love the NFL. And my parting words this week is go Bills. <laughs>